Hello and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Morley Kurt, and joining me are the wonderful Grant Alexander and Adam Mackey. How are we Hello. doing, guys? Good. 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 It's been a bit of a slow week, but been good. Good over there, too. Nice. What's in, uh, what's in your guys' clamp this week? What about you, Adam? Uh, I started working and trying to finish the workbenches for the back of my shop, but got stuck because I ran out of screws and then just haven't had a chance to go out and get some more. So kind of a bit of a bummer, but yeah. And I blew up a couple of routers, so which I talked about last week, which... Um, oh, I was going to say more my, since uh, last week. <laughs> no, no. Because I, um, I was routing... Yeah, well, I was routing grooves for like sliding doors and they blew up. So then I had to use a table saw and I hate using a table saw for that. And yeah. So. Gotcha. How's the little one? Good. It's a bit windy. It was up all night last night, but. Is that Australian for crying a lot? Uh, no, it's like he's not burping properly. And oh, okay. So, colicky, colicky, I think. Colicky, yeah, yeah colic. Yeah. It's colic, baby. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. That's nah, it's all right. It'll be all right. We'll work it out. As the sole non-parent here, I just have no idea what any of these terms mean, but I hope everything's okay. But baby is a little tiny human. They oh. grow up eventually to become adults. See, I just I just came out of the womb like 12 years old and then went from there. So, When a man and a woman love each other very much. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> what about you, Grant? Uh, what are you working on? Uh, well, it's been a lot more exterior uh, painting, mainly painting removal. Uh, basically, five years, six years ago when I moved into the house, if I had painted right then, it would have been a great time to paint because it was right before everything started peeling. Uh, and then, of course, I waited six years, and now everything's half peeled off, so I really have to remove everything to, to get down to the base layer. Uh, and it's a lot of work. Like Sanding is like impossible because the sanding just gets gummed up immediately. So I've been doing uh, some paint removal with heat. It's like the first time trying to – I had a heat gun for paint removal and I've never actually used it that way and the first thing I did it worked awesome and I was so happy and I was like this is amazing uh, and it was like a flat panel and a flat panel was great I got a spatula or whatever not a putty knife or whatever you want to call it and it was just going great and I was like wow this is amazing so I was like I'm going to do this on a window and I went over to a window and it's all filled with like you know intricate trim and stuff like that and it was just hard work. Um, so Dang. Sounds like you need a sandblaster or something. Yeah. I don't know what the real... It's probably like paint stripper is the best idea, but I don't like work with the chemicals. Yeah, I, I used paint stripper before on, on something, and yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, Wait, the during my... Uh, sorry, go on, yeah. Grant. No, go ahead. During my summer job this summer, I was, I was working on ma- the maintenance team at an off-the-grid lodge, and uh, we had to strip layers of old paint off of a deck. And it was like being an off-the-grid lodge. They, we tried to start it with all hand tools and, and scrapers and everything. And then it's it's kind of like you have to do your due diligence with that. And then before you're allowed to like start taking out the power tools just to show that you tried. And man, whoever decided it was a good idea to paint stuff outside, I'd like to have a word with them because it just makes so much work. <laughs> If, if you keep up with it, though, like if you recode it year after year, it's going to be great forever. We should just build everything from stone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be nice. Uh, yeah. So the other thing is I won a, a spoon carving kit. It was a Ooh. giveaway put on by uh, Beavercraft Tools and Andrew Zito. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram or YouTube. Anyways, he's another uh, Ottawa YouTuber who likes making things, and he partnered up with Beavercraft to do this uh, little giveaway, and I won. And I was like, yay! So that was exciting, and I'm you know, excited to yes. try and make another spoon because apparently life keeps telling me <laughs> I need to make more. Uh, and I can't make another YouTube video. I was like, I thought one YouTube video of spoon carving was enough. 
and now I've made two. And I think that's enough YouTube videos of me spoon carving. Does the kit have any like tools that you, spoon carving tools that you didn't already have, or is it just like nicer versions of what you had? It's uh, diff. It's like like I already had Mora knives. They're like one of the nicer versions, and Beercraft's uh, Ukrainian made, uh, and they're apparently really good. They're sharp. I taught myself, of course, already. They actually come with bandages, which is nice. Uh, and it actually came with a, a, a leather strop. Uh, like we were ch- chatting about making a leather strop belt, morally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it actually came with a small piece of leather that, to be used as a strop. It's flexible, so it's not glued down. The other strop I have is glued down to a board. But what's nice is flexible. You can get it into a, a hook knife. But nice. it did... The knife that it came with is a little bit smaller than the knife I have, so it'd be nice. Maybe I can do some chip carving. Ooh, cool. Yeah, yeah I love the – here, I'll let you explain. Uh, chip carving is just basically like when you chip out, out the wood to make it look like something. Like a lot of time you'll see little men. If you look up uh, Doug Linker, he's an Ontario yeah. guy who does chip carving a lot. Yeah, right. I follow someone who does like tiny birds out of branches and they take a branch with a knot on it and then they use that to kind of inform the shape of the bird. It's really, really cool. Uh, cool. And then when I was, when I was like um, living with three other people and wanting to do a lot of projects one winter, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do a lot of spoon carving this winter. So I'd like hike out into the woods, find a down tree, cut off a limb and carve some spoons. And it was fun, but like, I think it's just, it's not totally for me. Like after even like five or so, I was like, ah, I want to do other stuff. I'm, I'm way too lazy for that. I'll be, where's the power tools? Yeah, it gets <laughs> like, it, unless your stuff's really sharp as well. And like, I didn't have it. I was doing it like in my lap. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's I cool. Can... It's a, it's a, it's a very like cool craft for sure. I definitely just want it for like when I'm camping. Mm-hmm. It's something to do yeah. by the fireside you know, have some fun playing around. That's, it's more for that, that I want to do it. It's not like, it's more of a, when I don't have power tools available, it's a nice, you should do, um, instead of making a YouTube video, do like a Instagram TV of like your camping experience and wood carving and that. Right. Like I could, but I already did that one on YouTube. <laughs> Grant's like, stop trying to make me make spoon videos. <laughs> I need to figure out another thing to do with a hook knife. I guess is really what it is. Hmm. But I also got my giant Deresta Jackman sized. Uh, I razor saw blade. that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I've got a really cool, potentially cool idea uh, to house the blade that I don't want to give away, but. Uh, could involve Paul Jackman potentially. You should just make like a a big uh, like hand razor, like face razor. A face razor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. I, I don't know how to say it. And then use it yeah. to shave your beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's sharp though. Like I took it out. It's they, he's definitely it's sharp. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I've been working on is I'm working on a gift for my wife's birthday. But she might actually, maybe, potentially listen to this one day. So maybe before <laughs> her birthday. So I don't want. I don't want to give away too. Okay, much. won't risk it. <laughs> How about you? So, what have you been up to, Morley? Ah, uh, yeah, I finished up um, both the wallet and the belt that I mentioned last week. Uh, really happy with how both those turned out. It was the um, it was the second like New Hampshire belt I've made, um, and it's cool doing like two versions of the same thing, like. Um, really like, cause I usually do like one-off custom things in terms of leatherworking, but when you get the chance to do something twice, you it's a really great opportunity to kind of make it really nice. So that was satisfying. And, um, bifold wallets are cool. Like they're a good amount of work, but like, it feels like a, like such a substantial thing. You're like, wow, like this is, this is no joke. This is a lot. This is nine pockets. <laughs> so it's satisfying. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely happy with both of those. And I just started my next leather project, which is a camera strap uh, for my buddy, who actually he was the one who commissioned the film holster that it a while a little while ago. Oh yeah. So he just got a nice. new film camera. I think it's a it's like a Leica M5, and he wants a camera strap for that. 
uh, yeah, so that's a cool little one. And I also a couple when I first came on this podcast, Grant mentioned Grant mentioned that you can go on my blog, and it's like a time capsule because I haven't updated in two years. <laughs> and it's not because he said that that I made a post, but it was very serendipitous that he said that because I've been wanting to re- do some more writing and restart the blog portion of uh, my social media. So I've been working on that for the last week, and I just posted it before talking to you guys. So I'm happy with that. It's um, essentially two years since I made a blog post. So I was like, I'm going to choose one photo from my phone camera roll that I haven't shared anywhere that like tells a story, kind of take you through those 24 months. It was cool. It was like a good way to reflect. Like so much has happened in these last two years. Um, Drove across Canada, graduated school, lived in the Rockies moved twice or three times i guess you were in <laughs> thailand a, yeah i went to other side of the world it's been cool it was a good way to reflect it's um, crazy and it's like you it's crazy sorry, you did all that and then didn't have a blog post for it like you I did know. some crazy things and then didn't have any writing about it like well i mean i was it was just cuz i was putting so much of my efforts into like making videos and projects um and i didn't want to like I don't like doing something if it like feels like it's forced. Like if like there's not a good reason for doing it, I don't want to do it. Like it like for the past two years, like I didn't. Uh, I, I guess I had a couple ideas here and there for something to write about, but it was like most of my creative efforts were going towards making videos and making stuff. Um, but it's just like I, I think in the past month or so that I've wanted to write again. Yeah. So for those wondering, the website is Yelrom Blog. Dot com. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, link it up in the show notes. <laughs> I, uh, oh, yes. I, I started looking through the blog before we got on this, but I didn't have time to look through it all. But I got to the, the vintage motorcycles. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like there's so many cool little scenes in Montreal. Like I love the culture of that city. It's just like you see a little like, like that picture. It's just like these, like, I don't know, seventies Honda's motorcycles covered in Ivy, like clearly neglected and overgrown, but they still look like pretty nice. They're not hunks of rust. Uh, they have some character intact and then just like it snowed that night. So they were light dusting of snow. It's just, you have so many cool little scenes like that in Montreal. It's such a cool city. It's so cool to see them. Like you said, covered in Ivy. Like it's when you watch the post-apocalyptic movies and you see, like they, they seem overdone with how quickly uh, nature retakes the city. But then you look at a picture like this and you're like, it was already happening in a city where people live, right? But if you look at like yeah. I Am Legend is a great one where I felt like they really did New York really well. And like stuff like that just kind of makes me, I don't know, I'm a post-apocalyptic fan. Like that's my favorite genre of things. Have you seen all the... Um like all the abandoned cities in Japan and that? I, I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen a few, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really as cool. in you know about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen every single one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's like um, a list. Old motorbikes and stuff. My my stepdad gave me one to restore. It was like in pieces. like, And I stripped it back. And that's when I learned that I hate paint stripper. But yeah. And um. <laughs> Turns out, like, I ended up selling it because I didn't really know much about motorbikes. I don't really know how to build one. But I ended up selling it after painting the frame and everything. Turns out it was the same motorbike that the is in um, Back to the Future, like, at the beginning. He rides a motorbike or something. Yeah, and it's, like, the exact same motorbike. Well, not the same model. I would have expected uh, Bad Max coming from Australia. <laughs> I love that movie, and I'm sure we could talk a whole episode about Mad Max. <laughs> uh, I'm talking the about the new, new one. Fury. Yeah, Mark. I don't like the new one. They ruined the series. Oh, okay. Oh. So, I mean, I'm showing my age. I've only seen the new one. Okay. Um, I haven't seen the originals. But, I grew up watching the old the old ones. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so I had a topic idea for this week. Um, just going to... Ignore a segue and go right into it. <laughs> we, we had a great segue and then we ruined it. It was 
you were talking about your blog, and that was a great same way. We we uh, got yeah. off. Brent. Just steamrolled right over it and went down another tangent. <laughs> so Molly, now that you're like not blogging as much, are you considering dropping the blog out of your Yelron blog? Well, it's interesting that you asked that, Adam. Um, <laughs> now this just feels forced. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. That's the way a segue. Um, you have a segue. You have a segue. <laughs> so, I wanted to talk a bit about um, social media this week, and um, I feel like as makers um, and as makers posting a lot of stuff online, I mean, we use social media a lot, and we use it or I feel like I use it in many different ways. Um, it's a way to find inspiration. It's a way to express myself. Um, and now with, I mean, all the, um, the stuff going on in the States with the riots and the protests and everything else, like it's um, one of the best ways to stay informed about what's going on. And I don't know about you guys, but I found myself like a little overloaded by social media recently because I mean, you put on top of that, the kind of like lockdown life, it's serving a lot of functions. And I find myself uh, sometimes like reaching for an app like Instagram or Facebook and kind of going on it for a second, like, why am I even on this? And then you get frustrated and it can be um, be a bit annoying. Um, so, yeah, I just I think I've had it, that it, problem it, for a while. Yeah, like it's uh it's a great tool in some ways and it has so much good, but it, because it's something that's inherently addictive and um, has some, as we know, not so great aspects, um, there's like a balance to be struck for sure. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have been kind of dealing with that recently. Sorry, the cat is exploring a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think I actually like kind of screwed myself over when I first started my Instagram because I, I had this mindset of like you need to, um, I don't know, like give, give back to your fans sort of thing. So like every time someone followed me, I'd follow them back. And now my Instagram is just full of so much stuff that I just don't ever go on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's quite um, quite annoying in that sense. I I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I'll, I'll go on Facebook, but like, on my personal Facebook, and I'll scroll through it aimlessly for like thirty minutes. No, re- not even reading or anything. Just swiping right and then at the end just be like well what am i doing what <laughs> so i found the worst is i'll be watching a tv show or a youtube video and just randomly i'll just notice that i've picked up my phone and i'm on instagram or facebook yeah yeah and i'm like i was watching something i wasn't i was engaged <laughs> in whatever that was and there was a brief pause and my immediately my phone came to my face and i'm like i'm addicted I know yeah, my wife it. gets annoyed because, like, uh, if she's if we're watching TV, she can play on her phone, like on Facebook, and still watch the show. Like, she does both. I don't know how she does it. But if I pick up my phone for even a minute, I then look up at the TV and go, "Well, what just happened? I had no idea." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting. Like Elon Musk, he said that, like, if you think about it in one way, it's like we already have an AI relationship with our phone. It's just that the bit rate is slow. Like we're already in a kind of a symbiotic relationship with our phone. Like someone has oh, a definitely. question, you pull it out, you Google it. It's it's so integrated into our lives. Um, and it's funny, like I sometimes find myself like romanticizing like the days when like I didn't I didn't like need to feel like I need to have my phone uh, as a tool all the time. Right. That's the good thing about going camping. Yeah, yeah just gonna, exactly. that's exactly what I was right now. <laughs> Is that I'm planning another backcountry camping trip where it's like, you know, serious backcountry, no signal. Doesn't matter what you do, you can't get on. So if you if yeah. you romanticize about it, just get a canoe and go to Algonquin Park. Yeah, for sure. And well, like am- that was a fantastic part about living off the grid last summer. Like, I mean, we were we were in a we had like twenty-five people on staff, something like that, and then around like 60 70 guests rotating throughout the week so i mean we had an entire social group up there and the second we were up there is like oh i don't need social media at all there's a sec there's like a day of weirdness and then you just fall right into a normal pattern of stuff but just because it's there it's so easy to just reach for aimlessly and it's like you don't even know why sometimes my wife's parents own a house in like a bit of bushland and unless you're with like the top phone carrier, you get no reception. 
And it's so good. Every time we go there, we just have fires and enjoy the time with the family. Like no one looks at their phone. I don't even bother taking a phone charger or anything. There's no point. And it's, it, I just love going there for that reason. Like I actually enjoy time with my family and, and stuff. It's, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and it's like now, at least in, at least in Canada, um, you can't, we can't really have a lot of time like with family outside of, like outside of the people that you're living with. So I feel like it's, um, it's, it's trying to be a, like social media is trying to be a surrogate for those in-person interactions, but it's not nearly fulfilling in like the same way. It just kind of gets a little frustrating at points. Yeah, it's, definitely. it's definitely hard because like, I know for me, like social media lets me connect with family all over the world. Like I know I, I was looking at the stats for this podcast and I saw someone downloaded it from, uh, Happy Valley Goose Bay in Labrador, you know, like the part of my Inuit heritage up there. That's like a, you know, it's a small place. It's not, it's definitely my family. There's no other reason anyone else would have uh, found it. But it's like <laughs> one of those fun things. Like that's a way of connecting with people because otherwise, I, you know, you only have so much time in the day. You're not going to be yeah. able to call everyone. You're not going to be able to email everyone or write letters or whatever. And I find social media helps me out a lot that way. Yeah, think, and, and um, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the the benefits of it. Like, I have – my closest friends are from high school still, and most of us don't live near each other. And just being able to, like, casually have conversations and joke with each other throughout the day is amazing. And, and I love it. Um, yeah, for sure. Sorry, Adam, what were you going to say? I think there is a lot of negatives to it, but I did just want to quickly say is that – the whole reason we started this podcast is because we all found each other through social media and, and all that. So like, that's a big positive. Like yeah, if it wasn't for YouTube, like I would consider YouTube social media. If it wasn't for that, we would never know each other and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, it, there are some negatives to it. Like for instance, like when we had um, our baby a couple of weeks ago, like we put a post up on Facebook, you know, welcome you welcome Mason to the world and stuff. And, and people that would normally call us and say, congratulations, just wrote congrats on the post. And that's it. Like, and they think that like some people that are like close family think that's enough, you know, like they're just, this is the norm. Now we just write congrats and, and that's enough. You know, do you, do you guys feel um, like you're imposing on someone if you call them like without texting first? Cause I know like at least some people in my generation, just like calling someone out of the blue, they're not comfortable with. And I'm, I, I'm still like fine with it. I'm like, yeah, just like give them a call. Driving in the car. No, nothing to do. No. My, my wife's father just pops by. <laughs> That's from the other generation, like the next generation. Up, yeah. Just pop by. Like I remember growing up, my parents' friends would always just pop by. Yeah, and when definitely. they pop by, you stop, you have a coffee with your with your friend, and everything was great. Now, if I were to go to someone's house, just pop by without texting first, I would feel all the shame in the world. I would feel like it would have to be an emergency. <laughs> like, I was in the area, I ran out of gas, can you help me out? Like, that would be, like, the only reason that I would feel like, but my car needs a boost. Like, it, I wouldn't otherwise feel like knocking on someone's door without calling or texting first is appropriate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, assuming we're talking like outside of pandemic life, um, I, I, I honestly <laughs> feel like if you were to do that though, like it does feel strange because we have the means of like texting someone first. But I think, I think most people like would really appreciate that. I think people really love those, like in a, in a, in a time when like some of those genuine interactions are harder to come by. Like if you, if you can give one of those to someone, it's like really great. Yeah. I was, I was just about to say, like, I, I also grew up like you, like my, my um, people would just pop over and all that sort of stuff. And now I get annoyed when people don't. Like <laughs> I've got close family that live like literally streets away from me and I could not talk to them for like six months. You know, they have to drive past my house to get home and like, you know, don't pop over. It's yeah. The same, same thing. Like, it's it's funny that, whereas like next generation from us don't know that whole popping over thing. They 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 wouldn't even know. Like they wouldn't even care. Or how old are you, Adam? Thirty one. No. How old are you? 30. Uh, how old are you? Thirty one tomorrow. <laughs> oh. I am. I am twenty three. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Somehow, I guess I'm the oldest. Actually, so Adam, that re- that reminded me when you said that, uh, or Adam or Grant, when you said that we wouldn't have found each other were not for social media. So actually, I was listening to Because We Make uh, last time, and Vince had sent, said something. He's like, Adam and Grant never say how they met. Like, how did you guys get connected? Like, and decide to start this? Oh, that's uh, well. Uh, Grant reached out to me. Oh, probably year and a half ago, I think it was. We had a um, an up and we have, we're in a group called Up and Coming Makers, which is now on Discord, but it started on YouTube. And Grant reached out to me and said, "Do you want to join into the conversation? Like we just talk about making and all that sort of stuff." It moved on to Discord and pretty much just went on from there. Like we've been talking for, I think it's a year and a half or two years now. Oh, like cool. Yeah, and yeah. then. Yeah, I've always wanted to make a podcast. It's always just been in the back, like listening to them before I even started my YouTube channel and stuff. Like, always wanted to make one. And then I reached out to Grant and asked him if he was interested, and it just went on from there. Yeah, that I, but I can't for the life of me tell you how I found out about your channel. All I know yeah. is like when I first started YouTube, I just literally went as far and wide as I could. And to try and find every maker that was under a hundred subscribers or under a thousand subscribers. I, my whole goal is to find other people like me to try and learn what they're doing and see when, when like some of them, like I, I remember starting following crystal fix. I don't know if you follow him. Um, oh, I, I used to. Yeah. yeah. But I don't like, I followed him when he was at like this, like 300 subscribers and now he's at like 5,000. Yeah. That's right? probably how you found me then. Yeah, because I, exactly. I would have followed him around the same time, so you probably saw me comment, or I yeah. maybe even he's because I know I was one of his recommendations once. So I me. used to follow like every recommendation he put out. I would go and yeah. look. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing where I would just uh, that's how I found a lot of people in the community was just looking for small YouTube creators. Uh, yeah, and it's difficult to find them. Like it's not easy. It's like <laughs> the algorithm YouTube's, doesn't want you to find them. Yeah, YouTube's not trying to get me to find them, but I like them. Like I like the the realness to a lot of those people. Yeah, it doesn't feel staged and and like a scripted and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I know mm-hmm. what you mean. Right. Like I love David Picciuto and I love Make Something, but his stuff has started to feel formulaic. And he even talks about it. It's like. He goes out there, he does this, this, talks there, montage that, boom, I've got a video. I'm like I think that happens when you have like that being your full time job. Is that you yeah. you know, he has he would have a day where he works out what he's gonna make, then he would have another day where he's gonna work out what he's what shots he needs and script and all that sort of stuff and because yeah. the I think the difference is like with say like David and, and um and Bob and all that is that they're making how-to videos. Like they're, they're trying to teach you how to make something or if they get a new tool, like teach you how to, like you could use this tool to do this and that sort of stuff. Whereas I think a lot of like the new YouTubers are, are more just trying to just make a video, get their name out there, make make more of like myself. Like I don't want to make how-to videos. I just want to make like a, a vlog. Like this is what I made. Like just watch me make it. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't want. I I don't I don't feel confident teaching people how to make stuff. Like I I don't I do stuff wrong. I do stuff <laughs> well, not wrong, but I I have di- I have weird methods of doing things. I'm a very lazy person when it comes to to making. If I can find a quick way to do it, I'll do it, and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's the difference with with smaller channels. Yeah, it's a. Uh- it's definitely intimidating to like, if, if you make a video for the purpose of teaching someone and I'm actually like, that's one of my plan for my upcoming videos, um, is to like do a, like, this is, I am teaching you how to do this sort of leather carving. Um, and I'm actually super excited about it because it's something that I've like, I've never really talked about the specific process and I've kind of the, the past like five or six leather carvings I've done, I've used it as a kind of trial run to talk through what I would say and like what I'm doing. I was like, wow, I have a ton to say about this. And I guess maybe like a good way to think about it is like, I'm not teaching like the right way to do something, but I'm teaching my style of doing Your it. Your way. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I mean, and it's, it's not like, um, I'm teaching you how to hold two things together so they don't come apart. And if they do come apart, then like something will break. <laughs> like it's, it's purely adding ornamentation to something. So yeah. I feel like there's, there's not like, um, there's not a lot of risk, you know, of like teaching someone the wrong way. Cause my problem with traditional leather carving is like, I don't like how a lot of it looks. Um, I mean, yeah. some of it, it's very impressive, a lot of it, but some of it, like, I just personally like would not, um, have on anything I own. Is that so mean? <laughs> no, I get it. It's the same with like a look at traditional wood craft, like from a hundred years ago. Yes, I actually own some of the stuff because it got like handed down to me, but I wouldn't go out and buy anything today that was made a hundred years ago because of yeah. the, the, the the style that it looks. Right. The only, the only time I would is if it's like um, Asian inspired or something, but that's because that, that's a passion I have. I, I love Asian architecture and, and all that sort of stuff and, and that, but um I forget what you're saying. Oh yeah, that's if you look at say my old videos, I'm, because I've never actually changed the title of one. Is they used to say like how to make, you know, how to make a workbench, or I think they do. I don't know how to make a workbench or how to make a minor saw station, and then I changed it to now I just write like what it is. Like I'll just write minor saw station, but um, now it's it's less how to make and how I made. Watch how I made this, not watch how to make it. I, mm-hmm. And the YouTube algorithm definitely rewards how-to videos. Oh, oh, I know 100%. this, uh, but I don't care. <laughs> no. Like I'm, not, I'm making it. I'm making it. If you want to enjoy my stuff, enjoy it. But if, but if you yeah. don't, like, I, that's fine. Don't go. To, there's lots of how-to videos out there, and I know like yeah, most we- people Google how to do something, and maybe they'll figure what I'm doing. I'll put I'll put how-to in the tags. Because for the algorithm, but yeah, I don't know. Mm. It, yeah, it's it's like what we talked about last week, though. Like, like uh, most of our videos are not made to teach you how to do something. It's more for the people that already know how to do stuff to to watch it and get ideas of what they could do as well. Yeah, well, yeah, inspire and entertain. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And that's what I think social media, a lot of it is. But you I guys think, are really good at this whole segue stuff. <laughs> Thanks for just. <laughs> but I, I really, uh, I feel like uh, part of social media and part of the the thing that a lot of people need to remember, because uh, I did like anytime we do a topic here, I do a bunch of research, and by that I mean ten minutes of googling. And uh, so I was doing Googling on like social media and, and the negatives and positives of it. And one of the things that, that like stuck out to me and I wanted to, to mention was that you got to remember almost always there's a real person on the other side, except for the few bot accounts that are apparently like on every single YouTube video now. Yeah, but, going uh, over YouTube hard at the moment. Yeah. But generally speaking, there's a person on the other side. So even if there's a negative thing that person's saying it's a person try and talk to them yeah. like a person yeah. see yeah. where their motive where what they're coming from what's their intention? unless they're a troll then you just troll them back well even then if they're trolled <laughs> figure out why they're trolling like that's yeah. the way i love, always try and look at it like if they're trying to troll me i i want to attack them with positivity first and because uh, they're real people too Maybe they're going through yeah. something and they just needed to like, get something off their chest for some stupid oh, reason. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but that's like the thing that I, I often find that if you attack them with positivity, they clarify what they really meant. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, even yeah. if they don't, at least then you have like a clear conscious of being like, I'm putting some positivity out there. And you can be like, well, I tried my best. And I mean, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, if you do something like negative online, it like doesn't leave you feeling great afterwards. Even if it's like, ah, oh, like give, give them a troll, a troll back. <laughs> Sometimes it does feel good, but not always. And also I think like too with social media is that um, context doesn't come through text. Hmm. You know, like sarcasm, if someone's being sarcastic, you, you don't know. If someone, you know, like they could – 
they could write something meaning something completely different to how you take it. They, like, you might think they're being a troll and they might just try to be sincere and give you advice or, you know. Or autocorrect has changed one word that made it seem like change whatever <laughs> you were saying into something way worse because of one word like autocorrected to something else and you're like, oh, that's totally not what I meant to say. Like, yes. Yeah. And that's been like one of the, I think a lot of people have been dealing with with like, the blackout Tuesday and everything else, like they had a certain intent and it didn't come across at all. In fact, it might've come off cross offensive when someone is trying to be like thoughtful. Um, and that's, I guess that's like one of the hardest things in general uh, to do on social media is like have your intent come across because people are, people are coming at it from like so many different places. Um, like there, there's no broader, there's no broader set of ears than like, I don't know, someone reading comments on a YouTube video or like scrolling through their Instagram feed. Yeah. And that was hard too. Like I saw a bunch of people uh, post about losing followers because of Blackout Tuesday. Yeah. I was scrolling through Instagram and, and like Wood Whisper and all that had to turn, no, turn commenting off right, for that exact of, reason. Because of the the negative negative comments yeah yeah and that's the kind of stuff that i hate seeing and that's the part that's really been hitting me hard in the last couple weeks and really been kind of hitting my my creativity and stuff and sapping it out of me is seeing all the negativity out there on on something that's like clearly you know people are feeling these things and want to put it out there in the world and want to support other people. And you're, you know, just throwing negative things at them. It just, it makes me sad for the world. Oh, yeah. definitely. Every time I saw like a negative comment on one of those posts, all I thought was like, you're part of the problem. The whole reason why the community um, feel the way they do is because of people like you that don't let them speak out. And it's, it's not just about race. It's, it's anything. Yeah. And you know what, like one of the kind of messed up things is, is that like, I mean, blackout Tuesday, you were scrolling through Instagram. It's a bunch of black squares. I mean, the whole purpose is to like, let's stop promoting our own stuff and take time to educate ourselves elsewhere, elsewhere. But because it became a hot topic, well, then all these comment sections were like fodder for almost entertainment. It's like, Oh, what's going on here? What's the controversy over here? And it was just like, and I, I, I felt bad, but I found myself like scrolling through and I'd be like, Oh my God, there's a thousand comments on here. What's going on? Yeah. It it just kind of, yeah, it stinks. And I I mean, the other part too is it's it's weird because the maker community is usually like an only positive place. I mean, you have a couple bad eggs here and there, but it's, it's very strange seeing things get like nasty in a space that's like almost never nasty. It's true. You obviously haven't been on maker Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like our maker. Yeah. No, just, just, just any maker Reddit. Or our, yeah, yeah. our woodworking. <laughs> or our yeah. DIY. So. Yeah. Our DIY. That's a, yeah, that's a, a, yeah. Oh my God. I had a post blow up there and it was. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> It's like you're excited and then you're like, oh no, now like, well, I don't, I don't need to be thinking this much about this project. It's done with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My best post on there was like 10,000 upvotes or something. And it just kept going up and up and then negative started. And then the negative comments started coming in. And actually, you know, what's something incredibly useful that, that Eden, my girlfriend, she told me like when, when that post blew up that I mentioned, I, I basically made like a, a desk for the nook in our bedroom. And a lot of people were like, that thing's going to like fall over the second you put your elbows on it, whatever. Anyway, it's, I can promise you it's strong enough for its purpose. Uh, Why did you use pocket holes? I didn't. I use, I use glue and screws. But she said something that, that really stuck with me. And it's like, you, because I, she saw me like responding to things and I didn't want to, but some of them I felt like I needed to. And she yeah. was like, you need to decide if the project is a success or a failure before you put it out there. And I was like, that's totally right. And it, it, it's such a load off once you make that decision. And it really just, and, and then anything positive is great. I mean, you take constructive criticism as it comes, but then anything that's just trolling, you can be like, well, doesn't really affect how I feel. Or I'm trying not to make it affect how I feel about it. 
Yeah, well, the problem is that some people just don't like certain things. Like there, there are people out there that just hate pocket holes, and then there's yeah. people that absolutely love them. So, and oh, I don't mean to keep coming back to pocket holes, but you know, then those people are going to be like, "Oh, why'd you use pocket holes? Like that's so stupid. It's just going to fall apart." But it's it's probably less that they haven't educated themselves on that sort of technique and all that sort of stuff, and just because they don't like it. What are you showing us? Is this a plywood Plywood desk? This is a plywood desk from a 19, I don't know, a really old do-it-yourself, Reader's Digest do-it-yourself project. I think I have that same book. Yeah. Uh, Uh, When you posted it, no, it it doesn't have body holes, obviously. Come on. (laughs) Uh, But when you posted your your little nook desk, it made me think of this, like, book that I have. Uh, But obviously, like, the, the design of it, it's a winning design. Like it's the way that you designed it, I think looks a lot like similar to that. And it's not going to fall Mid century modern. Oh, come yeah. On. Um, <laughs> po- pocket holes are actually very old. I don't oh, I know. People don't realize that. Um, so just, this is a good segue into our um, subject for this week. We're going to talk about pocket holes for an hour. Like my dad built a, a table in high school, and I have that. It's like a coffee table, and I have that in my house, and it has pocket holes in it. So pocket holes aren't new. You're right. No, definitely not. But the jigs are new, and the jig is up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think – see, I – no, I, I'm not going to keep talking about pocket holes, but I am one of those people that absolutely love them. But the screws for them here are so expensive that I just never get to use them. I would use pocket holes for everything if I could afford to. Can you get um? Can you get them under like uh, particle board screws? Because that's how I found them, and they they just they don't have this the the thread tapping part. Like um, they're not yeah. self tapping, but. Uh, they, they still get the job done, at least in softer wood. I might look into that. It's hard here. Like, I've looked up so many different types of screws and stuff on, like, Bunnings, and I can never find, like, flathead. Like, they're always countersunk screws. Everything's countersunk. It's really – our hardware and all that over here is pretty crap, to be honest. Fair. I, I believe you. Uh, although, we did just get Gorilla Wood glue in Bunnings, so pretty happy about that. <laughs> I used it the other day, uh, yesterday, for the first time, and it's so much thicker than the glue I normally use. And then I got a bit on my fingers, and like after like a couple of minutes, I'm like, "Wow, my fingers are like actually like really sticky, and like it actually felt like glue." Whereas the glue I normally use, like you just leave it for a couple of minutes and then just peel it off. That's dry. <laughs> so I've only ever used Type Bond. I've only ever used Type Bond three and Type Bond one. And like type I think Type Bond and Gorilla would be very similar. Yeah. But uh, so it's interesting to like hear about like shitty PVA glues that other people use. Well, the whole uh, reason I because in in um school when I did woodworking, we used PVA glue for everything. So growing up, I was always like, oh, this is the glue. This is all you need, and it's like twenty bucks for a, a four liter um, bottle. And then I paid 20 bucks the other day for this Gorilla Wood glue, which I thought was one liter, but it was actually 500 mil. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, all right. So, well, but. the last thing I wanted to say about social media uh, is that I feel sometimes that I'm addicted to view counts and likes and stats and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. and I feel like sometimes that kind of gets to me. Like, I know I've posted a video that I thought was, like, the best video. Like, my favorite video. And I was like, wow, this one's amazing. This one's going to blow up. This is going to be the one. And I just keep hitting refresh every 10 minutes on my phone yeah, and go. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's, When I post a video, the first 24 hours is, like, every half an hour, tube buddy. Refresh, refresh, refresh. I tried to make a promise to myself recently that I wouldn't check the analytics. Um on the day I post, I wouldn't check it until at least four hours afterwards. And then afterwards, I would only check it once a day if it's a day that I didn't post something. But uh, that lasted for a little while and then <laughs> I fell out of it a bit. But yeah, it's it's rough. And especially because it's so out of your control. 
Like right. it, it can, it's so infuriating for that reason. You're like, why aren't they getting it? But, and I just remember this one. I was like, I put out a video and someone else put out a video a couple hours later. And he put it out at like two o'clock in the morning and it blew up. I was like, you didn't do it at the right time. It wasn't like a good day. It was like two o'clock in the morning and you blew up. And I go, everything I've been doing, that was the time where I went, it doesn't matter. And I stopped caring about what day I posted on. I don't care about what time I posted on. I go, it doesn't matter. It's either going to do well or it's not going to do well. If people don't see it in the first five minutes of it's posted, they'll see it in the next five hours. Like I don't – yeah. 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 <laughs> it, well, speaking it's, it's of 2 a.m. in the morning – Sorry, speaking of 2 a.m. in the morning, I just want to quickly say we were talking and this podcast is now going to be released. So when you wake up in the morning, it'll be on your players. Mm. We're going to be releasing at 2 a.m. instead of, I think I was releasing at like 4 p.m. or something. So super pro. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tough thing about like YouTube analytics is it's kind of, it's like the main metric you have for how well it's doing, but it is entirely out of your control. So it's it's impossible to not put some stock in it. Um, even though you might try to minimize it, it's like, it's a really tough thing to deal with. Uh, you know what I've started doing and it's horrible, but I changed my profile. I changed after a few hours, I'll change the uh, thumbnail of the thing. So I start changing the thumbnail every couple of hours. I've noticed a lot of people do that. A lot of the big names do that. Yeah. I've noticed change that. And the title, there was a video I went to watch yesterday from, um, daily driven exotics. And they, it was like, some like real clickbaity title. And then when I actually went to watch it a couple of hours later, it was another clickbaity title. And I was like, wait, if they changed, did they delete it and put up a new video? But no, it was, it was the same video. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's all to try and drive views. So if like someone watches, sees my video, doesn't click on it, they might see the other thumbnail and go, Oh, I do want to watch that. I didn't want to yeah. watch that first thing, but I do want to watch that thing. <laughs> I wonder how many people have like watched a video on like day one, come back three days later and they've seen like the same video, but with a different title and, and thing got like halfway through and gone, this feels like I've watched this before. <laughs> if you get halfway through one of my videos and that's where you finally figure it out, <laughs> I'm super happy because normally according to my analytics, you haven't got 10 seconds in. <laughs> before <you click> <laughs> so, so we're about uh, 48 minutes in. Um, wow. why don't we, yeah, that kind of flew by. Why don't we go to our clamp mendations for this week? And I will go first to give you guys a chance to find something if you haven't, or just to get it. On oh, I have one. All right. So, um, actually th- I have a really one that I I'm really excited about this week. So me and, uh, me and a buddy are starting a different podcast. Um, we've kind of been working on it for about a year a year? Yeah. We, it's kind of in some form or another. We've been talking about for about a year now. Um, more about creativity in general. And um, I I mentioned when we were talking that I saw this video years ago um, of a guy in a log cabin somewhere in Scandinavia forging a Damascus steel knife and then using the knife to uh, make a leather sheath for it. And I was like, okay, I need to find this video now. Cause I hadn't seen it in like probably eight years or something, maybe like six to eight years. Um, and with how good search engines are now, I typed in like one string of like Damascus steel, Scandinavia cabin, leather forging found it on the first try. And <laughs> it was like, it was so cool. I was like, Oh, this is, this might be the video that got me that kind of like got me really wanting to make stuff to a much larger degree. I think it actually, it wanted me to, it made me really want to start blacksmithing in high school, but my mom wouldn't let me make a forge in our backyard. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a huge inspiration for me. Um, and one of the reasons it came up is because I've had someone say to me before that like the aesthetic of my videos is like hunkered down in, uh, it's really cold outside and it's like cozy inside. And I was like, I think a reason for that is because of this video. So the video is called, uh, the birth of a tool part three. And like we just said, maybe the, the title, maybe it'll change tomorrow. Damascus Steel <laughs> Knife Making by Northman. Uh, well, I, I was able to find it by typing in Damascus Leather Scandinavian Cabin. So 
and it was the top video suggestion. Yeah, I think it has like over a million views. It's it's a beautiful. Everyone in the comments is like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." It's not a, <laughs> it's not a undiscovered person by any means, but definitely like a huge inspiration for me, and I would highly recommend it. It's crazy. It was released on Christmas Eve, two thousand twelve. Cool. Well, okay, so I guess it could have been max seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's cool. I thought you were uh, going to recommend yourself for a minute. Yeah, I totally did too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We figured out this is my aesthetic, so you should just go watch my videos if you want to see more of that. Well, no, you're, you're, you're on the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, it's not out yet. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> uh, well, this week well, I'm going to tell everyone to terminate their clamps. Uh, because there's a small channel called uh, Wahi Woodworks, and he does a lot of awesome prop builds. And he, the last one that I watched was uh, he made a metal arm for the T800, so like the Terminator, the like Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator, where he like peels off the skin of his arm. Uh, so he, he did that kind of thing, uh, and then that was a really cool project that I thought deserves to uh, be. In your clamps, or be, I, cool. whatever, whatever. A clamp I love prop pocket. builders. I yeah. wish I had the creativity of a prop builder. Me too. I'm trying yeah. to work at a prop building shop here in Toronto. Hopefully, after oh, the really? pandemic is over. Yeah, we've nice. been talking for a while, but then this all hit. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, my cool. recommendation this week. So, I'm going to go down a little different way. So, I. When I edit, I edit on my iPad and I use an app called LumaFusion. So I found this guy on YouTube who does uh, like LumaFusion tutorials, but he sells like templates and stuff for, for it as well. But So it's Rob HK Vlogs, R-O-B-H-K space V-L-O-G-S. And um, he does really good tutorials. And, and, and the stuff he does tutorials on could be used for any editing program. It doesn't have to be LumaFusion. Like he talks about how to mask behind, like mask text behind moving objects and um, how to duplicate yourself and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, like he's it. only got like cool. 40,000 subscribers, but he's, Sounds his right tutorials up are amazing. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that. So I was going through, I don't know, the Mud Kitchen build. I I had like an epiphany. I had recorded a whole duplicate grant part and I forgot about it and deleted it. Oh, really? <laughs> and I didn't make the cut because I recorded like way too much, like film, like filmed way too much. So then I like was like going crazy with the chop so, uh, on the edit. And uh, yeah, totally forgot the whole duplicate grant part. You, should, you can make a you can make a supercut of duplicate grant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just make like a thousand grants. <laughs> no one needs. So, to. I, sorry, go on, Adam. I was going to say, like, speaking of making duplicates of yourself, I was considering getting a green screen once, but um, ended up deciding against it for that exact reason. No one needs more of you. <laughs> all right so we do have uh two reviews for this week for the uh still untitled reading review section i don't know do you guys have a clamp pun for that one clamping on reviews clamping on reviews no that's um first one is from the man the myth the legend vincent ferrari and his review is called put this one in your clamps He says, making podcasts after a while, they all start to sound the same. It's people talking about tools and whatever. These guys have a fun conversation every week. And while it's focused on making creativity, you really do get that fly in the wall effect of a few friends having a conversation focused on a similar interest. It's easy to listen to. And dare I say, it even goes a little too quick. I don't think he would have said that last week. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to see how this one develops. Thanks, Vincent. That is a uh, great Thank to you, hear. Vincent. Uh, Vincent's a good guy. For sure. Yeah, go give because we make some love. Uh, second review, uh, Fix It Fingers. Is, I don't know who 
the real name of Fixed Fingers, unless that's their James Fingers, name, and I'd be very surprised. His <laughs> name is James Fingers. James Fingers. He, li- okay. he lives about an hour away from me. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll do my best Australian accent then. Okay, just. <laughs> you don't, no, you have to do it now. You have to. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll you do, have okay. to. All right. Here we go. Get in character. <laughs> no comments on Google Podcast. What's with that? So here's my rehash review from episode two for reading reviews. An Aussie, a Canadian, and an American, or make that another Canadian, walk into a mythical recording studio with nothing but a pun for acronym, half a clue, and several six packs of craft beer. I feel like that started bad or good, got worse, and now it's getting better. I think, I think it's really good. Yeah. If you think pulling off a load of cock is as humorous as it is satisfying, you should sub off. I'm sorry, but I do say cock. Cock. It's like, how hard do I have to bite down on each word? You should sub up to Clamp, the creating, living, and making podcast. Episode two just dropped, now with actual microphones. Smiley face, beers, hammer emoji. And then he says, oh, I was wondering how you guys were making it with three very different time zones. Sad Rich couldn't stay on, but welcome to Morley. How did I do? Good. I have a headache from laughing. <laughs> uh, so when I was in summer camp as a kid, we once spent an entire uh, like activity period practicing saying no in an Australian accent. We figured like that was like one of the hardest things you could do. Really? Yeah. Like, no. No. Yeah, you have like uh, 17 extra letters and no. I don't know. Maybe he why. was from a different part of Australia, that counselor. I was going to say, like, yeah. <laughs> so, are you uh, going to address the fact that he called yes. you a Canadian? Yeah, so um, I, I guess. Because, <laughs> you know. I'm very offended. Um, so, I mean, I guess since like, I, I kind of came into the podcast a little later, um, I guess I never had a full origin story, but um, elevator pitch. I did. Uh, I did grow up in America, and I'm now living in Toronto. You can call me. You can call me a Canadian. You can call me American. You can call me just Morley. But uh, yeah, I grew up in New Hampshire in the states. Went to moved to Montreal to go to school, and I'm now living in Toronto. Hey, hey. So I I feel like New Hampshire is close enough to Canada that like the the accent isn't there. A lot of people like for from Australia probably think that Americans sound like Texans. Or New Yorkers, like that's both the only. T- <laughs> There's only those two types of Americans. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. See, I, a lot of the TV we watch over here is all like American. So whatever they speak on TV, what you talking about? That- <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird. Like New Hampshire, I mean, so New Hampshire's borders Quebec, and then like a Quebec accent is very different from like the rest of Canada, right? So. I feel like I don't know. It's 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 very different east west as well. Yeah. But, but I have no it, idea what my accent is. I feel like I'm just I I pronounce a lot of words wrong. <laughs> you know what use are, so what use? Use? Like yeah. use guises? No, no, or like you say about instead of a boot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like that I would never say a boot. <laughs> never never in my life. <laughs> I've, I have never met someone who says a boot. I don't understand. Like other than South Park, I've never heard it said <laughs> in real life. Like yeah. when I say you, a, you actually, yeah, you do have a, a great word. As Eden always puts it, it's an audible question mark, which I think is a great description of the word. An audible question mark. It's very useful. Okay. Well, since now we're getting into linguistics, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Please share the podcast if you enjoyed it. Please share it with your friends and leave us a review if you would like. Uh, the reviews help the podcast app suggest it. Uh, five stars are greatly appreciated. And you can find us. Grant, where can people find you? Uh, the Grant Alexander everywhere, including thegrantalexander.com a website that I occasionally update. And how about you, Adam? Uh, so make a Mackie everywhere and 
uh, same as you. I have a website, but it's still in my old name. I didn't even bother changing it because I don't even go on there. <laughs> so, yeah. And more people are going to try to be digging it up out of the depths of the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me uh, at Yellow Blog everywhere and at yellrumblog.com, which is newly updated just tonight. <laughs> which will be in the past because we'll really And you can this. find Yeah, this whole this whole time warp podcast thing is really screwing with me. <laughs> I clearly can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> and you can find us all collectively on Instagram on Clampcast on Instagram. Where you and can also all, send us a review. Yeah, and all the uh podcast players including Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. We're on literally everything. Uh, and as Morley and I found out that we both use Podcast Addict. So you can actually write a review on there too. Yeah. No excuse not to listen. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good week. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Later. See ya. Bye. Hello and welcome to Clamp, the creating, living, and... Oh, wow. I wrote creating, living, and living. (laughs) (laughs) The clip? The clip? The clip? We have another intro outtake for the after. I swear that wasn't intentional. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll I'll do it again. (laughs) All right, three, two, one.